Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Good morning. I hope you are enjoying the Desert Series. We're so happy to share this series with you. Acedia. It's not a word that we're very familiar with, but it is a word that highly impacts our lives. Acedia means spiritual or mental sloth. It means apathy, spiritual apathy. And it is something that has a grip on us uh, as a society more than we'd ever realize. It uh, is constantly attacking our efforts, our spiritual efforts at, at getting alone and focusing our attention on the things of God. It is constantly attacking us and uh, getting our, our, our heart not to be quiet before God. It attacks our ability to be calm and to trust the Lord and, and to get to that quiet place of uh, internal quiet in our life. Acedia, it is a powerful thing and force. It is one of the greatest tools that devil uses to come and to rob us of our spiritual effort, to rob us of our, of our passion, to rob us of, of pursuing God. Acedia is a real thing and it is a struggle greatly for us today uh, in, this, in this life, in this desert. God takes us to the wilderness to awaken in us a fresh awakening spiritual passion to pursue him. He takes us to the wilderness to expose this acedia, the effects of acedia, to expose this spiritual uh, apathy in our lives. He takes us to the desert to rock us, rock us out of uh, uh, hyperactivity and of uh, doing too much. Uh, Acedia can uh, impact us in one of two ways. It, It can either lend us towards apathy, spiritual apathy, or it can move us towards hyperactivity, towards being overproductive in, in the things we want to do and not able to be quiet before the Lord and, uh, and to learn right from Him and to be quiet and focus our attention on the things of God. And He takes us to the wilderness to, to do these things, to, to awaken in us a new, fresh spiritual energy and passion for Him and to expose in our lives where there's hyperactivity. Jesus gives us one of the greatest examples we have of how to fight off acedia, how to fight this this tool of the devil to get us to, to move towards spiritual apathy and laziness or, or over hyperactivity in the things of the world. Jesus shows us how to battle this when in his own desert temptation, when he was led out into the desert. Uh, it's amazing. We look at Luke 4, we see that actually the Spirit of God led Jesus to the desert. So we know that God is the one who leads us into the desert for specific things, to come to Him and, and, and to uh, be refreshed in Him and strengthened in Him. Uh, it, it is not a, a punishment in the desert it, as much as it is He desires to awaken the hearts of His children to, to come back to Him. And in Luke chapter 4, let me read the text for us here this morning. It says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him 
and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you I will give all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I gave it to whom and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. In the next verse, verse 14 says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to begin his, his ministry. We, first of all, we see that Jesus is led by God into the desert. And just to kind of get our, our, our frame of mind of thinking about this, Jesus was alone in the Judean wilderness, something like what you see here behind me, this vast, wide open uh, wilderness where, boy, you, you, there's not much there to sustain life. And Jesus is there for 40 days. It says he fasted for 40 days, was alone with God to go and to be with God. 40 days. Can you just imagine being out in the wilderness? You have no tent. Jesus didn't have a backpack. He didn't have camping gear. He was just alone with God, depending on God. And his focus in all of that preparation was, was trust and radical dependence on God. The spiritual disciplines of time, solitude, fasting, trusting in God. These were all spiritual disciplines that were necessary to be strengthened, prepare him for ministry. And today, acedia, this, this temptation the devil uses to, to uh, keep us spiritually apathetic, to keep us spiritually in a place of sloth and laziness, and, or tempt us with hyperactivity, it keeps us from really uh, thrusting our effort towards uh, things of the Spirit. And so the three things here that Jesus says when the, the, Satan comes to him, tempts him with, uh, with the bread, and hey, Jesus, if you're son of God, just turn the stone into, into bread is Jesus says to men shall live not on, uh, on bread, but on every word, right, that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's the full verse that's from Deuteronomy chapter 8, is the temptation for us is with the seed of the devil comes to us and says, hey, look, just, just rely on your own resources. Just, just be comfortable with the resources that you have. You don't need to show any effort. Don't, don't, don't waste your time with all this, these spiritual disciplines and, and all of these, this fasting and all these things. It's, it's just use the resources that God has given you. Just be comfortable with those. That is the subtle lie that comes to us in our pursuit of God and spiritual things. And, and before long, we can get real lazy, just in a habit of, of, of just being uh, lazy and comfortable with the things and, and relying on the resources around us. Most of us have never had to go hungry. Uh, most of us struggle with the, the discipline of fasting or the other spiritual disciplines of solitude and quiet. And we could go down a whole list of spiritual disciplines that are very important in this, this battle, this pursuit of godliness that all through the scripture is worth to pursue godliness. For it is great gain, as Paul tells Timothy. And uh, it takes spiritual discipline. It takes 
effort. It takes great effort to accomplish these things. And uh, acedia is there. It's, it's tempting us to, to, to just kind of play it safe and to not uh, show great effort towards uh, godliness and pursuing these things. But this is why God takes us to the desert. This is why we have desert times as we're in one right now with the coronavirus and this pandemic is, is God has allowed this to happen. He allows these, these things to happen for us so that, again, he takes us to that place of the desert to awaken our spiritual appetite, to awaken our, our spiritual effort and passion, and to rock us out of any hyperactivity of just getting absorbed right in the world. Well, Satan comes on. The next temptation he comes to Jesus with, he takes him up to a high place, and he overlooks all the kingdoms of the world in the spiritual realm, and he offers to Jesus, if you just bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of these things. Acedia comes to us, this, this temptation, and it subtly has us. It's something we all wrestle with, that the temptation is that we're going to be more fulfilled in the things of the world. That just Look, let's just get, find satisfaction in the efforts and the things that are around us in the world, that there's more satisfaction in those things than there are in the things of God. I think a question we all need to deal with, especially during this time, is it's a deep question. Do we find more joy in sports and in binge watching a Netflix movie than we do spending time with God? That is a question I think we all have to deeply wrestle with, especially during this time. Do we find more joy in sports and activities in this world and binge watching maybe our favorite Netflix series than we do spending time with God. If we find ourselves in that place, and we all have at different times, we know acedia has taken over, that we're in a place of spiritual sloth, and we need some desert time with God. We need Him to awaken and freshly awaken our spirit and our hunger for Him, for His Word, and for time with Him. Now, the final temptation that Jesus uh, did or that uh, Satan came to Jesus for was he took him in the spiritual room again to the top of the, the temple and he tempted him to, to jump down and, and he said to him, he used scripture, actually twisted it, right, to tempt Jesus, to, if you're the son of God, just throw yourself down, the angels will protect you. This might be the deepest and the, the darkest and, and most subtle of all of, of the temptations of Asedia. And the devil comes through Cedia to us, and the temptation is, look, you've done enough. You're fine. You don't need to show any more effort. You're saved. You said that prayer when you were younger. You went to church. You were confirmed. You're, you're a good person. You've done enough spiritual things. You don't need to, to show any more effort. You're, you're fine. In other words, this is taking the grace of God for granted. And we might not even know it because it's a subtle temptation of Cedia, but we take his grace for granted. And this is the, the lie, is just to sit back and say, you know, I'm fine. Hey, I said the prayer. I, I'm in. I'm a, I'm a Christian. Right? It, it's okay. And then we go about our, our, our life. Or we look at, at the different things in the, spirit, in the uh, Christian life, and we say, well, you know, I'll just go do this. I, and a few things here to manage my life. But I, I've done enough. I don't need to show any more effort. And uh, acedia takes hold, and spiritual sloth takes over in those uh, situations. And what we need to do in the wilderness time is have our, our spiritual heart awakened in our effort. And it takes effort. It takes spiritual discipline. Now, here's what's important. This is not effort to gain salvation. This is effort to work out our salvation. 
And this is what a city attacks at. It confuses us. It gets us lazy. And it, it combines those two in the sense of, I, I have the grace of God. I'm saved. And I don't need to show any more effort. And that is a lie, a subtle lie that keeps us in a place of numbness against God. And it is wilderness time that God uses to awaken us from that place of, of apathy. Um, remember, this is very important to understand is that this effort that we need to pursue in the wilderness time, an awakening to a spiritual vibrancy, is not gaining an effort to gain salvation. It is effort to work out our salvation. Godliness does not come easily. It takes great pursuit. It takes great passion. It takes hungering for God. It takes learning to be in wilderness time and lean into God and depend on God. It learns to take hold of the spiritual disciplines and to awaken our soul. It is about getting the life of God inside our soul. And so I hope that for each of us that we would, during this desert time, that we would be awakening ourselves, ask ourselves the the deep questions of have, have spiritual sloths, have apathy taken over and ask the Spirit of God to awaken us because the pursuit of godliness and spiritual effort, it prepares our whole being, our body, our mind, our soul. It prepares us right, to be a temple, to be a vessel filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the passion of God so that we might go out and, and serve God and, and partner with God. This vessel, our body, this salvation, this glorious gift that God has given us, it is to be cherished. It is to be nurtured. It is to be grown. And there needs to be great effort in, in um, honing and in, in strengthening ourselves so that we might be uh, vessels of godliness used for God in this world as lights for His kingdom. So remember, acedia. It is a a word we're not quite familiar with, but oh, we're familiar with its effects on our life. We need to use the desert time and heed God's call to awaken us out of our spiritual apathy and to also uh, awaken and, and expose any hyperactivity that we have overconsumed ourselves in the things that are not important in life. For God desires us to be godly like Him, holy like Him, and it takes great spiritual effort. Wonderful. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, we, uh, we have sure enjoyed uh, just this opportunity to bring you as such to the desert, you know, with us as best we can during these times where we can't all meet together. Um, I, I hope you'll take these three series. We're going to have them out on our, our, obviously, our webpage and stuff just to watch these three again. We've journeyed in the desert with three real important words. The first one being Selah, the first week talking about pause important it is God put this pause button on us we need to make sure we don't get through this time and and just kind of get back to life as usual without really heeding what God has for us then the second week we moved into this Hebrew word segula which is uh, his it means prized possession of really understanding uh, who we are um, before God and he takes us to the desert to woo us and to restore and affirm who we are as his children and to affirm our calling we talked about that he's called us to be a priesthood in other words to be his children who are on mission for him to worship him and to minister to others and then this morning of course coming to talk about this word acedia and uh, this idea of spiritual sloth um, and uh, just boy apathy itself 
And God takes his people. He brings shocking things into our lives. He, he brings turns in the road as such and, and uh, coronavirus pandemics so that we might wake up and realize, get our hearts back in tune. All of these things that happen uh, throughout the world, we don't know exactly maybe what's behind the, the traumas in the world, but we do know that God, Romans 8, 28, uses them all for his purposes in our lives primarily trying to awaken our soul, get our spiritual sensitivity right back to Him. So I just want us to dive in this morning, guys, and, and uh, kind of break down these three aspects as we look at Jesus uh, in the desert, how He fought off Assyria, this temptation. It's one of the devil's greatest tools, subtle but powerful in our lives, to just move us to a place of indifference, move us slowly to a place of lacking zeal for God, move us to a place where, you know, we're more just consumed and comfortable with the world and resources around us than we are really seeking and sh showing great effort to continue to pursue God and the things he has for us. So acedia is something we all are familiar with, maybe not that word, but hopefully you'll have that word. Um, and we can uh, talk about that and encourage each other and, uh, as we all fight against right, the struggle to, uh, to not fall to apathy, spiritual sloth, spiritual apathy. I just want to kick our time off, though, um, with this question. This, for me, was such a uh, one I had to really think about. Uh, well, actually, a couple questions. But just during this time of, of, that we've had just staying at home, being isolated as such, uh, just we need to sit back as we start to come out of this time to really ask ourselves, well, what has happened? What, what has happened to my soul during this time? Have I really thought about the source of my joy and my strength? What, has there been any real adjustment in my life when it comes to really laying hold of God's being the foundation, the source of my a restoration of that, that God is the strength of my life. He is the joy of my life uh, in this. And, and then the other question that I really had to wrestle with is, boy, during this time, you know, we, we kicked this time off and we all were at home and we were all binge watching Netflix. You know, we couldn't watch sports, but, you know, anything that we could. And, um, boy, I just, I think we have to ask ourselves, are we finding more joy in those things, the things of the world, than we are in time with God? And if we're all honest, we all have to say yes to certain things in life. I'm finding more joy in, in hiking or, or, or whatever it is, paddleboarding, you name it, whatever the issues, or even getting into a Netflix series than I am time with God. And when we, it, it's important for us to recognize that so that we can call upon others and start asking God to awaken our soul, right, is to bring back that zeal, bring back that hunger, that thirst, that taste for God that we so desperately need. And oftentimes, it takes a desert experience for that to happen, for us to, to really wake up uh, and, and realize that in our lives. So um, maybe before we get into the three aspects of acedia that I want to talk about this morning and, and give you some practical, for all of us, just to take some practical verses, some promises of God, um, kind of move into some application. And then here at the end, I want us just to talk about, obviously, the how. How do I do this? How, how do I move out of a place of apathy into hunger for God. And maybe you're out there and you know, you're sitting there going, you know, I've never really experienced a vibrant hunger for God. Uh, you know, a little taste here, a little goosebump there, but I've really never been awakened to, to a, a real hunger, a thirst, a, a passionate pursuit of God. And, and I've never really given great effort that direction either. Um, I, I, we want to pray for all of us uh, this morning that God would awaken and stir something special within us this morning. But before we do that, I think, do we have something in that we need to pray for or something? Yes, this absolutely. Uh, but 
I was uh, notified that I forgot to put the text number in the description. I, I said before, so I was uh-huh. just kidding. I like uh, that accountability. This I is know. good. This so is good. Keep thank it you for Thank you for texting <laughs> in so you yeah. let me know. Uh, but that number again, because we do want to hear from you, is yeah. 970-717-0087. Uh, and if you don't remember that, program into your phone. That's great. And if not, text one of us, and we'll try and look at it and respond to you so you can Perfect. chime in. Um, but yeah, so we had a text come in, um, and it's, ooh, it's a doozy. Um, it's from Brittany Spangler, and she has a friend, Lauren, uh, who was just diagnosed with cancer mm. that has metastasized, mm. whatever that word is, mm. um, and it's currently in her bones, head, ovaries, liver, uh, and it's just spreading rapidly. Mm. Um, and so she's asking for prayer. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's, um, Dirk, will you pray? Pray for, and do we have, uh, Brittany, is it her friend? Do we Lauren? have a name? Lauren. Oh, yeah, Lauren. Yeah. Man, let's lift this up. Oh. Gang, join us wherever you're at in your home. Um, let's go. God hears the prayers of his people. God, at the core of his being, he longs to heal, save, and deliver. God is a good God. And he, he asks us to join him, right, in, in this effort. And so let's just, uh, let's call upon him, huh? Oh, Lord, your word tells us yeah. to pray on every occasion. Yes, Lord. And uh, so, Lord, we want to pray for Lauren mm-hmm. and... Uh, Lord, pray for her healing and pray for her deliverance from this, God. Lord, we know that you have the power to heal. God, we pray for your great mercies in her life. Uh, Thank you, God, for her friend, for Brittany, uh, coming and holding her before you, bringing her before you. Lord, give us the faith to believe your promises. And God, may you be glorified. When we ask, and God, may you be glorified when your mighty work is done. Lord, there's so many that are hurting. And Lord, when one, when Lauren is hurting, or her friend Brittany, Lord, we are there with them. And God, we want to bear that burden before you and, and lay that burden before you, Lord, that you may lift it. Yes, Lord. God, bring peace, bring healing bring comfort. Mm. Lord, may you rush in. Mm-hmm. Thank you for Brittany's faith. Yes. Uh, Lord, we join her in that. Yes. And we pray for your healing in the mighty name mm. of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks, Jesus. You know, the scripture tells us we're to bear one another's burdens, you know. So, um, boy, those of you who, who know uh, Brittany and, and the situation, and Brittany, just let us know. We, we need to journey, you know, and continue to journey right through. That is... A serious wilderness right experience cancer is is a deep wilderness um, and we need the strong arms of those around us to, to build our faith and keep us focused on on, uh, on what God is is doing right uh, in us and through us during that time so please continue lean and thank you for giving us the the honor the privilege to be able to pray with you and uh, and see what God uh, might do in this time in this uh, wilderness time so thank you for that anything anything else there before we Kind of dive in here this morning. Yeah, I would just like to say that the, the beautiful violin we heard in that first worship song was Heather Kendrick. That's just right. uh, make that announcement. That wasn't in the credits there, I don't believe. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. My fault. That was beautiful. We love you, Heather. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Well, gang, um, this uh, word of Cedia, I, uh, I think 
boy, uh, I, I just think these three movements for me, this was the deepest part of my kind of experience out there in thinking through this series of, of, of really having the Lord speak to me and, and, and really down at the core of my being of, of this wrestle of uh, really uh, trying to, to understand, wow, how do I spark a, a, a desire? How do I spark zeal like for God and, and, and hunger? It, it is so easy it, uh, to, to just kind of right, get apathetic, just get, get, fl- get numb, right, and, and just conform to the world and just satisfied with life around us and put our joy, the source of our joy in the things around us and not things above so let me just, uh, let's take us, let's dive into Luke 4 and uh, these four, these three movements of Jesus fighting off the temptation of Assyria. Again, this is one of the enemy's greatest tools in our lives uh, to, to take us to that place, right, of, of just numbness, of spiritual um, apathy, to just, uh, and when apathy comes, we're open to a whole slew of other, right, bondages when we just start getting our eyes just on this world and away, right, from God. And we see that he did this with Jesus. And in Luke 4, 4, you know, the first one of these is the, the devil comes and, come on, Jesus, you're, you're here 40 days. And again, I want to drill in to just kind of set the cultural scene for us here. When we think about spiritual discipline, we think about, man, the effort we see in Scripture, of whether it be Old Testament or New Testament, the effort that people went to. To, to meet with God, to the spiritual disciplines that were embraced, um, the zeal, the, the extreme uh, measures even that we'd say today that people would go through to be with God, to get breakthrough with God. And in our culture today, it's such a chasm here. We pray a couple times, and if we don't see an answer, what do we do? We pout and we run away. Um, not what we see in the scripture. We see an extreme uh, putting aside the needs of the world, even our own body, and moving towards the Lord, uh, pleading uh, for God to move. And, and, and look at Jesus. If Jesus had to do this before he began his ministry, again, how much more do we need spiritual discipline in our life and, and a sense of awakening, hunger in our life? But remember, Jesus is in a desert more remote. There was no green. I've been there. The Judean desert, there's nothing. It's brutal. And more than the pictures you just saw, it, it is a harsh, harsh uh, a land. And, and Jesus was taken, led by the Spirit of God, 40 days. Now imagine, 40 days, and he fasted no food in those 40 days. Some say no water, that some he supernaturally was upheld. And, and we've heard many stories throughout history of, of people who've experienced that same type of thing. But, but no, no food, no support, no sleeping bag, no sleeping pad. Right? And, and he's there alone, out in the midst of everything, day and night, 40 days, 40 nights, just communing with God, waiting for breakthrough, right? and, and listening to his Father's voice. And it's in that time of great, incredible weakness, at the height of his, of his physical weakness, right, is the enemy comes. Come on, Jesus. This effort, man. This, this is blow it off. Come on, just, just, sat, just get satisfied with the resources around you. Look, come on, just, you're the son of God. If you are, just, just save that, that rock there. Just, just become bread. Just, just get satisfied with the resources of what is, is around you. Just be, get satisfied with the physical world. And come on, cave into your hunger in your belly. Right? That, that's more important anyway. Stop this hunger for God. Just, just the, You see the temptation? And, and any of you who have fasted before, uh, I know it doesn't take long for me to the same thing. It's like, oh, come on. This is, this is, this is long enough. Right? And oftentimes, right, we, 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 we bail out before we get breakthrough. 
In other words, the very thing we went to to do in that spiritual discipline time, and remember, there's all kinds of spiritual disciplines, solitude, time in the Word of God, on and on and on, and fasting being one of those, is those are used to jar us awake, to awaken our spiritual appetite. And so the enemy comes and, and just says, give up on this, these spiritual efforts. Um, and the verse I want to give you is, and this is one of my favorites, that I, I, helps me kind of every now and then when I start to feel myself just get kind of numb, just to get dull in my, in my spiritual appetite of, of who God is and what he's doing. It's Romans 12, verse 11. And, and after, in Romans 12, Paul is speaking to the church, and he's, he's saying each has a gift, and the bodies work together, and he's talking about the body life of the church. And he says in verse 11, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit in serving the Lord. In other words, Paul is laying out for the church and for all of us is watch over. Watch over the state of your soul. Do not be. Watch out for acedia. It's coming. It's going to move you to a place of apathy. It's going to move you to that place of slothfulness. I've heard times saying that, like slothfulness, right? It just sounds like what it means, doesn't it? You know, slothfulness, right? You just picture a sloth. Um, but be zealous. So Paul says this is, this, is, this is not an option for those who follow Jesus unless we want to just be set aside and miss out on all the abundance that God has for us is we are to, with fer- and this is powerful language, fervency in spirit. That's how we're to serve the Lord. That's how we're to live our lives. And, and if I'm not feeling that way, the first thing here, the how here is we'll come more to the how at the end of this time, but to fight off laziness and, and this idea of busyness, boy, we have to ask, Lord, give me zeal. Give me zeal. Awaken zeal and fervency in my, in my soul. Again, it begins by simply asking God to do it. Just to have that verse and say, Lord, please get rid of this apathy. Awaken a hunger for you, God, in my soul. And boy, there's probably, this is one of the most powerful things we can pray for our children and for others in our lives. Is Lord, awaken a zeal. Awaken that, that passion, right, in, inside our, our souls. And remember, acedia, it's subtle, and it it lends us one way or the other. It either moves us to a place of laziness, apathy, slothfulness, or it's interesting, it also, um, in the midst of this, what we can subtly buy the lies, no, I'm busy, no, I'm getting busy. The other aspect of acedia is this aspect of hyperactivity, or we'll say busyness, that has a grip on a lot of us, right? So it's either, and the enemy's going to take us one extreme or the other, and remember, busyness, even religious busyness, is not a fervency for the Lord. That can couch, just getting busy can couch spiritual effort, religious type of, of activity that is really the heart's not there. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just hyper busy, right? And again, our culture lends it that way because hyperactivity, it removes any margin in our life to hear from God and to really lay hold of this spiritual discipline. So one way or the other, the enemy moves us to those extremes away from that special place, right, of Lord, please awaken a zeal, right, in, inside my heart. So that's Romans 12, 11. Take that. Pray that. Like, hold on to that. Ask the Lord to reveal those things in your own life. So guys, just before we move on to the second one, any thoughts on that, this aspect of, man, you know, this, the, the, as the enemy came to Jesus, is, come on, Jesus, give up, man. You, you don't need to, man, this spiritual effort stuff, you've done enough, man, just, come on, you know, just, just, just sell out for the bread, the resources that are around us, and, you know, just, you know, all this zeal, man, that's too hyper-religious, or that's, you know, um, God's a God of grace, right? We're going to talk about that in a minute. 
right? Any thoughts on that before we move on? Yeah. Here we go. All right. Uh, well, first of all, I had uh, a text come in that was uh, pretty funny. It just was talking about, you were talking about the source of your joy. Like, what's the source of my joy? Yeah. And someone was reframing the question and said, wouldn't it be funny to hear people's responses if we asked, um, how upset would you be if your internet connection went down? Yeah, right, uh, right. And that was a, a really <laughs> good insight But where is our source of joy coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, um, I love Romans 12. I think it's a, a great chapter. And uh, verse 11 is great, but going on to verse 12 was... Yeah. Uh, a more practical way for me to, to understand because, you know, zealous and all those bigger mm-hmm. words. Verse 12 kind of breaks down and says, rejoice in hope. Yeah, come on. Be patient in tribulation. And for me, being a guy, like, when there's a trouble, I just want to fix it. I want right. to get a solution. I'm, right. it's, it's my timing. I'm going right. to solve it. And my wife has a problem with that. Uh, but be patient in tribulation. God's so your wife has a problem, but you don't. No, I'm fixing it. I'm going. <laughs> uh, and then the last part says, be constant in prayer. And I love that because for me, it's allowing God's voice to be louder, louder than mine. And when I'm constant in prayer, you know, it's not just, all right, I'm going to fix, I'm going to have a solution. I'm going to, you know, I, I typically jump to the hyperactivity of Acedia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there's a problem. I'm going to do it. I'm going to run. I'm going to, you know, even working on this desert series, I'm going to just mm. produce, produce, produce. And, mm. you know, even Chris Henderson was like, yeah. well, man, are you, are you taking some time? Are you spending yeah. time with your family? Are you spending time with God? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, recognizing that and saying, all right, Romans 12, 12, rejoice in hope. Mm. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. That's awesome for me. It's awesome, man. Good word. Yeah, and I, I, I just think about us running back to, and will we, you know, in the end uh, of this, or even as this subsides a little bit, you know, will we run back to those things of society, those pleasures and comforts and the things that, you know, fulfill our personal desires, our individual longings, and, and, and you know, we, we, we derive some happiness from that. Yeah. And I think that that, that happiness, that, that, that can be sort of disguised as fulfillment, whereas joy, abiding joy, you know, we have an opportunity now to go deeper with our, with our souls, with our fellowship with God. And, you know, those things, you know, I just pray that, that, that myself and, and we're, we're not deceived again by that, but that we can be renewed just in our fellowship with God. And those things that, I mean, he's the one, he's, it's, the word says his joy will be our strength. Mm-hmm. The joy of the Lord will be our strength. Mm-hmm. Man, to, to discover that in ourselves and I think mm-hmm. to learn to distinguish between joy and that sort of temporal happiness is mm-hmm. something we have the opportunity to do right now. It's fantastic, man. Yeah, good stuff. Well, just uh, moving on to verse 8 of chapter uh, Luke 4, verse 8. The second kind of uh, attack of the enemy um, of Asidia on Jesus. And he comes to him and, and he takes him up to the top of a, uh, Somehow, this is obviously a spiritual experience, and he shows them the kingdoms of the world. And he says, Jesus, if you'll worship me, I'll give you the right for I'll give you all of this, this, this world, right? And uh, Jesus answers, obviously, this back, always he fights it off with the word of God, right, with, with truth. And I think subtly under this, this, this attack of, of Asidia, and we're moving deeper into this. As these three go on, there, there's a deeper attack. There's a deeper pull on our, on our soul. And uh, <clears throat> what we see here is this, this, this subtle thing of, of man, you know, uh, we're, we're basically the lie is that pursuing the things of the world are more fulfilling, right, than pursuing the things of God. That, that's the lie. 
and it's subtle, is come on, pursue the things that you can see. Here's the kingdoms of the world. Here's the money and the power and, and everything in this world. And that, that subtle lie that, boy, there's, there's more fulfillment, there's more uh, um, satisfaction in pursuing the things of this world than the things of the kingdom of God. That's the subtle thing that's always, and it is, we are barraged with that every single day, right? With, with especially in the sense of our consumer culture that we're in. And, and Jesus fights us off, right? With, that's the worship of the Lord and only him. Um, and so as we think about this, this second aspect of a seed, I want to give you Colossians um, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, and then 15 uh, and 16. Um, before I go there and read those, let me just throw this out and, and maybe get your guys' uh, thoughts on this. But, but here it is. Here's the reality. It's easier to worship the things of the world than the things of God. Okay? I, I think we really need to wrestle with that. It is easier to worship the things of this world than the things of God. Just let's go back to the desert with the Egyptians, I mean with the Israelites, taken out of Egypt. But it wasn't long, right, before they made a golden calf. They went back to the worship of the world, the things of the world, the things of Egypt, when God was right there. But it was harder because God was in his glory and his holiness and in his law and every, his covenant and everything. He was asking of his people to worship him. They were like, no, Moses, you take care of that. We're going to go back and we're going to do worship the way we want to do it. We're going to do it the way, and they went into a party and, and revelry and everything of the world there. It is easier to worship the things of the world, right, than it is to worship the things of God. And we need to watch over this deeply, right, inside our soul. So let me read this. This is Colossians 3, um, verses 1 and 2, and then uh, 15 and 16. Um, and these have been really key verses for me, all, all of these, but, but especially these verses for me during this time, this, this uh, you know, uh, coronavirus um, time that we've been in. Verse 1, Paul says this to the church, if then you have been raised with Christ, in other words, if you know him, if you've been saved by him, here's his exhortation, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on the things on earth. That's the exhortation. Come on, people. Wake up. Let's get our minds set on the things above where Christ is seated. Uh, and we just need to ask, again, this begins with a prayer. Lord, show me how to set my mind on the things above, not on the things right of, of this world to be consumed. This is exactly what the enemy was doing with Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Man, look at this. Look at these kings. Look what's happening here in the world. I'm, the, I'll give you all this. Just, just bow down and worship me, right? Um, and then down to verse, listen to this. Verse, just uh, Colossians 3, starting in verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Folks, those two things. Lord, how do we set our minds on the things above? It begins with these two primary disciplines and prayer requests and encouragements as we're encouraging each other, asking, hey, how's the peace of God? How are you? Is, in other words, and this word, it says, let the peace, the shalom of God in the midst of chaos, in the midst of anxiety and worry, let the shalom of Jesus rule, reign 
take dominion inside your soul, to sit on the, 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 the seat, the throne of our soul, to rule our thinking, to rule our emotions, to rule our will. Your peace, Lord, come, come, rule. And I've had people say, well, how do you do that? <laughs> you know, which is the right question. And uh, we're going to get to a little how here in the end, a practical how, but, but it begins with simply putting those verses, Lord, you say, and, and it's passive. In other words, it says, let the peace. So in other words, I have to receive it. Lord, come, bring your peace. Jesus, bring your shalom in this, in this time. Shh, come and show me how you can rule my emotions and my, my uh, mind, my thinking and my heart. Lord, come, rule. And then let the word of God, the Bible, the scriptures, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly so the reality is what am i feeding if i've got if i'm watching six eight nine ten twelve hours of netflix a week can you imagine what would happen if you put the same amount of the word of god into your mind as we do netflix can you imagine the exchange what i'm here to do, i can absolutely give in a guarantee an absolute guarantee is our lives would be radically transformed it's a promise it's an absolute promise. But how many of us during this time, how much of us, I mean, it's exciting to hear. A lot of us are in the, the Bible, especially the Old Testament during this time more than ever. But, but something tells me that we're also spending a lot more hours on media than we are in the Word of God. And it just comes down to we have to ask, what do we want? What do we want? And this is what God Jesus is asking. Do you want a transformed mind? Do you want my peace inside your soul? Do you want my Word to dwell in you richly? It's beautiful, beautiful language, right? And the only way, again, that we can move and set our mind, right, and, and, and reorient our entire being is, is both of us. I have to experience the shalom of God, and I have to experience setting, right, the word of God. And, again, this takes discipline. This takes um, effort. Um, can in I the add process. something to of that, course. Steve? Absolutely, please. Um, oh, man, just I think about Paul and... Uh, and just his revelation. I want to read this for us from Philippians 3. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Amen. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. His, in his revelation of that, I mean, I, I believe we, 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 we should all be praying for the revelation of God, the revelation of his voice, his spirit speaking to us to reveal that. Because I think that when we try to compare that in our own strength or in our own understanding or intellect, we don't see that that's more valuable. We see these things of, of effort and success and hobbies and, mm. and, and we even put relationships before him. We put... Um, businesses and things ahead of him. Yeah. And I also think about the parable Jesus taught in Matthew, the treasure in the field. And yeah. it's so, in my, in my Bible, it's eight lines. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to read this for us, just this simple parable mm. of the hidden treasure. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like, yeah. awesome. it's like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and, and bought that. And, and awesome. when I, I know when I've tried to do that in my own strength, that comparison is not 
accurate. But praying for the revelation of the Spirit in our, in our lives yeah. to say, Lord, show me and reveal to me like Paul. Man, he was spoken to and knocked off of his horse. Speak to me, Lord, that I will know the revelation that, that nothing surpasses uh, the beauty of knowing Christ. And that's more than salvation. Right? Absolutely. The kingdom of God, right, is Absolutely. this, you know, it yeah. begins yeah. in salvation, right? Yeah, let that revelation right. continue. Let yeah. that spirit right. continue to reveal to me. We're, yeah. we're changed from glory to glory, not yes. from Amen. sin to glory. Amen. We're changed from glory to glory. That's awesome. Yeah. And then again, right, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God. Yeah. And then all these world, worldly, world, <laughs> I can't say that, worldly concerns, right, I'll, I'll take care yeah. of this. It, it's right? antithetical to, to yeah. self-preservation. That's it. I think I need to protect myself. Yeah. I need to do for myself. Yeah. I need to... Fix all these things and set all these in right. things in place. When surrender to God, it, 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 it's counterintuitive. It is absolutely counterintuitive. It's good, man. You know, and I, this might ruffle some feathers. Because uh, I know that, you know, our viewers, they're not consumed with Netflix. And, you know, they're healthy. We, we live in Aspen, Colorado. But I've actually heard uh, bike sales are skyrocketing. I've heard so many people tell me how often they're biking right now. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying they're not in their word, but if that's the priority of what you're sharing with friends, like, hey, right. man, let's go for another mountain bike ride. Right. I love mountain biking. Don't get me wrong. Right. But are we more excited about yeah. the word of God and, and so, hungering for that? Amen. Um, yeah. Amen. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, yeah it's, new, it's new terrain when we go out into the spiritual life that God calls us to through Christ and through the power of his spirit. It's absolutely new terrain. And if just one of us go there, one of us, man, and take the next step to the next horizon over the next hill, then we can tell our friends about it, and our friends will reciprocate. Yeah. But we have to put some of these things or a lot of these things aside and, yeah. and welcome this desert time and maybe even seek it out on a regular basis to lay these things aside, to let God ignite other things in us that he put in us from creation. Yeah, it's good. That's great. Uh, we have a prayer request, if we can pause and pray again. Absolutely. Um, Mary and Melville's son-in-law, Norman, uh, had a massive heart attack yesterday. And so they're all in Tucson, and he's on a ventilator. What? Uh, and they want, they're going to try and wake him up this afternoon. So they're praying you know, for a perfect, strong heart and a, a supernatural healing. That's Norm. Yep. Yeah. When did that when did yesterday. happen? Oh, my gosh. So did you all I, hear about that? Okay. Man. Yeah. We... Uh, yeah, let's, boy, gang, um, that's news to us. And, uh, man, let's, let's lift up the Melville family and, and Norm. Um, um, is that Norm back the bachelor door? Gosh, okay. Man, um, join me, brothers. Join me. Let's, let's go before the Lord. Father, God, um, wow, um, Lord, um, we just, I ask, Lord, your mercy, Father, your mercy, Father. Lord, over this, uh, this precious family, your mercy over him. Lord, I ask for your presence, Holy Spirit, to enter that room right now. Lord, enter that room, that hospital room. Enter, Lord, in your power, your resurrection power. Lord, I ask for your outstretched hand. God, move, Lord. Father, I pray for your outpouring of strength and comfort over the Melville family right now. In Jesus' name, Lord. Lord. Stretch out your mighty hand, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Father. Lord. 
you're watching, let's just, um, boy, please, let's, let's just keep in, uh, pressing in and, and praying uh, today. And, um, boy, let us know, uh, too. Um, we'll, we'll check in just how we can help and what we can do. Thank you for, um, for letting, us, letting us know that here. Um, wow. Lord. Okay. Well, let's keep. Join us, gang. The prayers of God's people in unity and strength, Lord. In Jesus' name. Mm. Wow. Okay. Who, do we know who, that, who sent that in? Okay. Man, let's go after that. We'll check in with them later today for sure. Um, wow, Lord. Mm. Well, let's, um, let's move to this last one, gang, this morning. Um, thank you for sending those, those requests. Again, it's an honor. Keep them coming. Um, we'll keep battling and, and keep, uh, keep yeah. praying as, as we go. Well, I mean, again, to reiterate, this is, uh, I know it can feel like it's derailing, but this is the reason why we decided to do a desert series. I yeah. mean, there's right. so much more depth to what a desert could feel like. Uh, and so if you're watching and, you know, you may not even know the people we're praying for, uh, you know, our hearts are going to break no matter who it is. Yeah. Uh, so um, we thank you for joining in. Uh, we we so want this to be a time where we can right. really be awakened. Uh, right. Absolutely. To what God's doing. And again, it doesn't stop here. Just if the prayer is this is ongoing, let us journey with you and uh, whole body, reach out. Those of you who are watching and who know, you know who know uh, the folks here in the body, let's, uh, boy, let's keep pressing in. Luke 4.12, the last of Jesus' temptation, the enemy takes him to the top of the temple and he says, look, if you're the son, just throw yourself down. God will send his angels right to get you. Um, and Jesus answers that. We're not to test, not put our God to the test. Um, and really what this is, is just taking grace for granted. This is the deepest, I think this is the darkest lie of Assyria. This is the deepest temptation we have to watch for, and it comes in many different forms, but, it, it, but in general, it's just taking the grace of God for granted. And so it might be like this, oh, well, I, I, I prayed the prayer of salvation when I was younger. I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Or I go to church every Sunday. I'm good. I'm, I don't need to do any of that spiritual discipline stuff. I don't need to pursue the spiritual gifts, right, and all that stuff. Like, you know, I'm good right where I'm at. I, I, you know, I don't need to, to go, you know, spend extra time with God. I don't need to start giving my money to the poor and, and, and in obedience to the church and these kinds of things. I'm good. I'm, I'm good enough. Uh, think things are fine, right, with, with, where I'm, with where I'm at. I'm a Christian and uh, all, it, it, however it comes, it comes in many different forms. But basically, it's this temptation just to say, yeah, you know, I've done enough. I, I'm good. I don't need to show any great effort, any great spiritual effort. And folks, I, I think what we have to understand is to, to walk with God, to get breakthrough with God, spiritual maturity, it requires incredible effort. Paul says, look, physical training is good, right, for the physical body, but it's just temporal. But spiritual training is necessary for godliness. And this is something that we have really missed in, in, American, in American church today is we've taken grace for granted. Others, I think it was Bonhoeffer, who said this is cheap grace, right? In the sense of to think that I, I don't have to show any effort. I'm good. I'm, I'm saved. I'm under the grace of God. And, and this is coming to the church in the sense that we do not hold each other accountable. We don't push each other on, right, for, for more, right, from God. And this is where the spiritual disciplines come in, the spiritual gifts come in. Um, those two primarily working together, right, in our life of, of continuing to press in, right, for, for showing great effort for God. And the, the passage that lays this out is found in Philippians 2. 
Derek just read Philippians 3 a minute ago, but this is what Paul says in, 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 in uh, Philippians 2, chapter, or, uh, verse 13. Philippians 2, verse 13, or 12 and 13, I should say. But he says this. Here's the exhortation to the church. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Great effort. Work it out. Right? Work it out towards godliness. What God has started, man, work this thing out. Right? For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Now, here's what's absolutely theologically critical to the gospel. Is this effort, this great spiritual effort, is not to gain salvation. That is a gift of grace from God. It freely comes to us. We, as a child of God, receive that gift by faith. Lord Jesus, I confess you as the Lord and Savior of my life. Come in and save me. Right? Be my Lord. of Rule in my heart. Right? Um, that is, there, there's no effort. That's by faith. It's a free gift of grace. But that deposit of the Holy Spirit inside our soul is to create a hunger. It requires it this, but we're now partnering with God because of the, the Spirit who dwells in us. And we're called to show great spiritual effort, right, in pursuing God. And, and here's, here's what's theologically important is this effort, right, it, it is, is not to gain salvation. It is to work out our salvation. Right? It is to lay hold of the promises of God. It is to lay hold of what Jesus said is he's come to give life and give it abundantly. Right? It requires incredible effort because as Paul said, just look at Paul. Look at the effort Paul gave. In other words, he, he says in 2 Corinthians, he says, I buffet my body. In other words, I put my body under incredible discipline that it might be pure, that it might be holy, that it might present to God a living sacrifice, that I might not be disqualified. In this race. In other words, you see over and over again, it was Paul and, and setting a, a course in other people's lives of incredible discipline when it comes to training in godliness. We live in an amazing place where, where we uh, people are in incredible shape and go to incredible discipline to discipline their body, to train their body. And, and we should be far more, as you alluded to, taking the time talking about right, how I'm buffeting my body when it comes to holiness, when it comes to presenting my body, working out this salvation, that we would be godly like Jesus um, called us to, that this temple would be a place that the Holy Spirit is honored to reside in, that is rejoicing in, and that we're laying hold of all the goodness that God has for us. And so this temptation, this last one, is deep. It keeps us a seed. It keeps us in that slothful place where I just don't show much effort. You know, you're, you're good enough. And, and, and all that, that pursuit of the spiritual disciplines, all that pursuit of the spiritual gifts, oh, man, that's just kind of spiritual. Wow, those are the extreme people, right? They, you know, no. No, that, that, that is what God has called us to. And it's the only way that we're going to lay hold of the fullness and promises of God. This is what he's called us into. We need to have a restoration, right, of, of this uh, idea. We need effort. We need to go after what God has for us. It just does not come, right? Um, it just doesn't come by, by osmosis or, or, or sitting back and saying, oh, I've, I've done all that. Now, that's not the Christian life. That's not what it is to zealously walk with God. Uh, and again, it begins with this prayer. Lord, please, Father, uh, praying the prayer of Philippians 2, Lord, help me work this out. Lord, you be my strength. Holy Spirit, you come. Lead me into the disciplines that I need in my life. Lord, beginning with the word of God, first thoughts in the morning, right? Beginning with, as Brian said, prayer, learning how to pray. And let's move on out right from there into pursuing the spiritual gifts. God, you have unique gifts for me. Bring them alive. Stoke those in, in my life. 
And so I, I want us to, to lead into, that, that ends this discussion on these three things. I want us to close this time out with a real practical how. And I'm just going to lay it out as clear as I can and, and very bluntly. These things we're talking about, they do not come alive outside of a context of discipleship. Right? Outside of the context that Jesus gives us in the Great Commission, go make disciples. The only way, I know just in my own life, is, is the times where I soared, the time where I went, got into spiritual disciplines, I had to have somebody else there, a little further down the line, right, saying, come on, brother, let's do this. Let's fast together. And any major thing, I could go back and give testimony. It was when I had Christian brothers in my life who were united around going after God and saying, we're going to take this season to fast, to pray. We're going to get breakthrough and hold each other accountable for that other seasons for the long term of growing in the word of God understanding the things of God it takes discipleship it takes someone there in a context a regular time together to pass this on to push us on it requires discipleship that's the context of the how that Jesus gives and gives in the Great Commission and we see that this is this is again in the church today this is minimized in here um, of understanding that context so I see with all my heart um, very practically to Crossroads Church gang get in the first step into a community group one of the many groups we offer men's studies women's studies single studies right to marriage studies on and on and on and move from there and, and get hungry find a context for discipleship pray that God would raise up a woman or man right to come into your life to disciple you show you a small group like we see what Jesus did with the disciples it is the only context that these things can truly come alive. It's how God set it up. And we have to see this restored, right, to uh, um, in, in the life of our church today. So anyway, let me just stop there and throw out anything you guys have on, on that. Yeah, man, such a great, I mean, just such a great challenge for us, man. Uh, I love what you said earlier about you paraphrased Satan speaking to Jesus. Cave into the hunger that's in your belly. Yeah. You know, forget this deep hunger for God. And, man, you talked about cheap grace a minute ago. It's funny because I brought my Bonhoeffer. Yeah. And, and, and Bonhoeffer says something that's so profound when it comes to grace and cheap grace. Uh, he said that grace is such a powerful difference here. Grace justifies the sinner. Mm. Cheap grace justifies the sin. Yeah. Uh, say that again. That's, that's really important. Grace, right. the real thing, right. justifies the sinner. Cheap grace justifies the sin. And he, and he said something else, too, just after that. I want to read it for us because I don't remember it exactly. But he said, and I, I'll paraphrase here, but basically, grace brings a new life. But cheap grace says everything can remain as it were. That's it. That's a cedia, right? There it is. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, man, I thank but you, isn't brother, that for where leading us. As, yeah. as a culture, we, we've we've taken a cheap grace. We we do we go overboard to justify the sin in the name of mercy or grace of God, rather than laying hold of what grace really is. And when we really understand grace, with that comes the zeal to work that out, right? To to work through that sin to get breakthrough, right? To a new life, right? Yeah. Well, man, I I just I for one, and maybe for on behalf of us all, thank you for leading us to these three words and leading us just to end of this, this, this discussion. And thank you for the challenge. Uh, we're going to take it up, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. We're going to take it, it up and, it. Uh, and pursue the kingdom together. And God, by his power and mercy, let his, let his kingdom advance.
Amen, brother. Anything on your end? No. Uh, so, so the text came from Nancy. Uh, she's sitting there with her mom, and okay. you know, th- I think one great thing about this family, uh, she's saying there's no fear or worry. Uh, yeah. And you know, for me, talking about awakening and having God mm. call us to wilderness, and for a family to sit, stand in faith and say, yeah. we're not worried, yeah. we're not fearful, uh, yeah. that's a cool testimony, even right. beyond what a, a heart attack of things mm. of this earth, you know, and um, so I think that's honestly an encouragement. Thank you, Nancy, for sharing that, and, uh, you know, we're going to continue to pray with that family, yes. but, um, you know, a heart attack and cancer, like yeah. things that we're praying for, mm. in my mind, in my producer mind, I was like, oh, man, this is derailing from the content that you're bringing. Yeah. Man, it, it enhanced, and so I'm, I'm loving that people have been chiming in, yeah. uh, because this is what we're here to stand for, yeah. uh, and pray for, and um, yeah, I think it actually proves our point. Like we need, yeah. it, it, we might not feel like, oh, I don't, yeah. I haven't had a heart attack. I don't have cancer. I can yeah. still sit back. I can wait. I still have some time. Right. Man, it, everything looks like the acedia is gonna mm. is actually more lethal because yeah. you see this. The Melville family have faith Strength. and courage and strength uh, because because yeah. they they have the, they don't have the cheap grace. They right. they fully embrace the grace. Man, it's uh, good. So. Well, wonderful. So thank you for joining us for these three weeks of the Desert Series. Um, if you haven't had a chance to see them all, I just encourage you to go back because they, they all connect together. Um, want to just also uh, say before I turn over to Derek to close our time out, is uh, we, starting next week, we're going to start the People Series, your series. And thank you, thank you for your incredible questions. We're going to take those questions and we're going to start uh, uh, answering them, just having some dialogue on your questions starting next week, which we're super excited about, some phenomenal questions. Uh, many of your questions, we're dealing with end times, revelation, heaven, these kind of things. Um, since there were so many of those, I'm going to do a whole series on those things. We'll start that later uh, in the summer. Um, but all the other questions that you've sent in, we're going to deal with those starting next week, the people and series, which we're excited about. Can I uh, tag on that really quick? Um, I would love to create a little video just because it's the people series um, highlighting some faces of our body members. So if you're watching right now, uh, if you can actually send us literally one to two seconds, you hold your phone up like this and record a video one to two seconds. You can smile, you can wave, anything. I just need a really, really short clip um, and email that to media at ccaspen.com. Uh, I want to highlight just faces around our body because mm-hmm. it's a people series. We yeah. want to see each other's perfect. Faces. And any pictures or video from the watch parties where you're watching yep. would be awesome. We would love to play those. Close this yeah. out. Um, uh, yeah, I want to thank, by the way, I, there was something else I was thinking of, but it left me. I do want to thank uh, the supporters of Crossroads Church, those of yeah. you who tithe thank regularly you. and support the church. Yeah, uh, here's a way you can continue to do that. Thank you uh, through mail, through text and through online, but thank you guys. God bless you for supporting yeah. the church and, uh, and God's message here at Crossroads. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. Let's, uh, let's pray and close. Brian, you got something? Uh, we do have some more bonus content today. Oh, yeah, there's, <laughs> always, there's always B-roll from the desert. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, stick around for that. God bless you all. Thanks for being here. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your great mercies. Thank you, O oh Lord for your peace for us. Lord, help us in this calling to know the difference in, in striving for things in our own strength and, Lord, drawing near to you according to your word. We want to come to, near to you, God, in your power and in your purity and in your blessing. Lord, help us. I, I, I want to read from Second Peter. Uh, Your word tells us, Lord, that your divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of you who called us 
by your own glory and goodness. Thank you, Lord. And your word tells us for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God, we need your strength. Thank you, O God, for your promises. Thank you for your teaching, your power in your word, your power within us through your Holy Spirit. Lord, let us thrive in the spiritual terrain. Let us take ground, Lord, and move forward, O God. And God, help us. Help us to that, Lord, that our faith may grow, that our joy may be complete. God, that our hope may truly be found in you. We love you, Lord. We pray for your will and glory in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.